Hello and welcome to the fifth episode of season three of the Redbrick Recap podcast. My name is Jasmine Sandar and I am the deputy editor of Redbrick, the University of Birmingham's student publication. In this episode, we have our food and drink and travel sections crossover to talk about their favourite cuisines from around the world. So keep on listening to hear Sarah Kalis, Serena Shah and Chloe Hyde talk about everything from curries in Colombia to doses in Selyoke. Hello, I'm Sarah. I am one of the food and drink editors and my favourite cuisine is Spanish food. Hi everyone, I'm Serena and I'm one of the travel editors and my favourite cuisine is Lebanese. Hi, I'm Chloe and I'm also a food and drink editor and my favourite cuisine is Italian. Fantastic. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So just to get the ball rolling, what is, um, would you say is your favourite food experience you've had on whilst on your travels? I would say mine would be um, I've um, twice in Spain I've had um, aubergine which I normally don't like but it's been by far and away the nicest thing I've ever tasted so I would um, I'll say that's probably the the standout standout food I've tried. Um, When I was in Tenerife I went to like a really really nice Lebanese restaurant and I'd never really sort of had proper Lebanese food before but um, I went there and tried so many different new things there was something called arrays um which I'd never heard of before but yeah it was really really good um it's just like stuffed with like cheese like a sort of like a pastry stuff with cheese and and vegetables and tomatoes are really nice is Lebanese food usually spicy um I think I think it's not like spicy in terms of like heat but it's got a lot of like flavors to it I would say Lovely. And have you ever actually been to Lebanon? Or no, you've just no. tried in Tenerife, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um yeah. mine was so I was stuck between two. Mm-hmm. Um and when I went to Cambodia for my parents' 25th wedding anniversary, um, which was just like an incredible trip in itself, I tried something called um an amok curry, M-O-A-M-O-K. And that is kind of like a like a coconut based um, curry with shallots, like chili, lime leaves, lemongrass. But there was something about it which just seemed like so, I don't know, comforting, I think is the word I would describe it. Um, a lot of Cambodian food has a lot of fennel in it as well. Mm. Um, so that probably is one of my favourites. And then the other one, and I hate to be like a... Um, a classic typical student but um <laughs> pesto pasta in Italy is oh. <laughs> honestly you just can't compare it to the stuff you buy in shops it is unreal that was probably my pesto pasta awakening I would say oh. about no, like I, love <laughs> I love pesto pasta as well I've Can actually you... come up with my own recipe for like pesto now oh really um, which is a good luck I don't buy pesto anymore from the shops I've, I've yeah come up with my own like pesto sounds recipe like, sounds like yeah. an article that you can write for food <laughs> <you> and drink <laughs> yeah. check out check out the website and the Radwick website in a week's time to find out how to make it and what can you articulate what's so much nicer about it is it just fresher or take like is it actually tastier I think or... obviously the quality of ingredients when it's fresh it's not been like made to last. Um, so everything is just so much richer. 
and um I feel like the whole experience of eating it in Italy is probably very different to like my university selling yeah. house <laughs> um, what do you mean <laughs> so yeah I just there was something about it that was like I can't compare this to anything that you ever find in the UK and to be fair I've not really had anything similar since so it looks like I'm going back to Italy sometime soon <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, my, I think my biggest food advice or cooking advice I think is the the fewer ingredients you have the better quality the ingredients have to be mm. so I think if you're just doing like um yeah if you're doing something simple like that like you said it would be the fact that it's all fresh and actually you know like the gym stream say like actual basil or just like dried basil is huge I think so I think it's uh, I think it's the yeah I think often the simplest things can be the tastiest but only if you actually have nice raw ingredients mm. that's my thought for the day um last <laughs> And <laughs> making like a really intricate recipe and you need all the kind of like outlandish ingredients that you don't usually have in your food cupboard and by the time you finish making it you're just a bit exhausted because it's taken so long you've had to do so many measurements you've got washing up <laughs> piled by the sink yeah um, so sometimes it's better off to just go simple I agree however they do say hunger is the best sauce so sometimes if you spend they just taste making something it will taste nicer just because you're hungry by the end of it that's what I do if I'm feeding other people I'll make sure they're really hungry and then they'll like <laughs> it whether they like whether they actually like it or not okay well <laughs> um I'm intrigued by this Cambodian curry is it did it you said it's got coconut in it did it, did it taste like it's all like a korma or um or is it no it, thing? it was very much more similar to a Thai like green or yellow curry um and it's for the vegetarian versions are with tofu or vegetables um and even though I loved it so much my mum and I actually ended up getting food poisoning from it but we loved it that much that we still kept getting it um (laughs) (laughs) yeah I won't go into any more detail about that Um, (laughs) but it's just it's very heartening and it, it is like a Thai curry but it's it's quite different and I feel like there are um some Cambodian spices I don't know the specific names of them um that are used to make it which kind of makes it a bit different because when we came back my dad actually bought a Cambodian spice kit that then went out of date because we didn't use it for like two years um which is such a waste but yeah so top travel tip if you buy spices abroad, use them when you come home. Yeah. Travel <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> tip number two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And um, so you're, I mean, I don't know if you haven't get a food poisoning would count as your worst food experience. I don't. It was definitely up there. Hmm. Um, and I feel like with vegetarian food, especially, you don't have the same kind of risks. Yeah. Um, so, Yeah. I mean, it's not it's not bad enough. You know, sometimes you have a bad experience with food and it makes you put off that food forever. But that definitely didn't happen. So it's it's definitely not the worst. Um, but I don't know. It's something I'll always keep in the back of my mind. Yeah. Well, sticking on the theme of um, food making us ill, um, I, um, I, I went to um New Zealand once because my brother was there on his year abroad and my aunt and her family had emigrated um and been out there for about 10 years and none of us had been to visit so um 
so we finally went and um on, on the way over stopped in singapore and they um in in so we stayed overnight and in the morning we thought you know sort of went in rome so we went and had i had for breakfast what i sort of tried to find the the closest thing to sweet and sour chicken that i could because back then i wasn't vegetarian um and it was really really tasty but i don't know if it's because i was still recovering from um being travel sick on the flight but i, I did end up sadly sort of you know it left my body quite soon after i ate it but it um, <laughs> um but it um but it was delicious and i i um i think that's a huge um cultural difference between some countries and in and um the uk is that uh, sorry, other other countries eat like actual meals for breakfast mm. um i don't know what your thoughts are on that and also i don't know um whether you both think that's really important to kind of sort of get involved in another country's sort of food culture when you're abroad or do you think it's okay to just carry on with your own habits like do you think do you think you have basically do you think you have to be adventurous when you travel do you think or do you think that's the whole point of traveling yeah I feel like that is a big part of traveling and a reason why a lot of people do travel and I feel like if you sort of I feel like there's this thing especially with Brits going abroad that they just stick to, to to kind of what they know and aren't very um adventurous so I, I think it is really really important um but I would say some countries like what I found is really hard like being a vegetarian to be able to kind of stick to the cuisine of that country as well like I would say Spain especially like I love Spain and I love Spanish food but I would say like whenever I've been obviously there is Spanish tapas that is vegetarian but a lot of it is meat based so it is kind of hard to to stick to what that country offers if that makes sense that's that is very true and I think it's particularly hard if you don't um speak the language obviously um Serena I know you study Spanish um but it's um I think it it can be hard sometimes just to try and figure out if something has meat in it or not yeah um um, so I suppose do you have any I was just gonna say do you have any travel advice for um for for just figuring out what different foods are like do you research it but would you advise people research it before they go or just have a good translating app or I think I always like I always search the restaurants before I go so I kind of like whenever I go somewhere I kind of search like the best vegetarian restaurants and make like a list in advance um um, and like on google app there's actually a feature where it matches so that based on where you've eaten before it matches um like it gives you a percentage for a restaurant so how close it matches to what you've sort of tried before um which I found really really useful um so yeah and what did you say that was on sorry a google app that, that, that was just google maps yeah oh google google maps oh wow yeah yeah I didn't know that was a feature I feel like I've seen it but I um didn't know how intuitive it actually was um no I actually think it's like pretty yeah it's pretty good actually pretty accurate um <laughs> so that's quite scary, though, knowing that Google knows where you've been um, eating because you can be in like one location for however long. But the fact that they know that you've actually been there is. Yeah, yeah that is true. <laughs> they do know everything, though, don't they? So I think, it'd be more, I think it'd be more surprising if they didn't know everything we need. So. Yeah. <laughs> and do you have um, any, either of you, any recommendations for countries that you think are, are particularly good if you're vegetarian? I mean, I think India is. It's sort of yeah, internationally that's... known as the best country for vegetarian food. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, that's. I would say that as well. Um, I've not been myself, 
but I know that um, a lot of Indian cuisine does center around vegetarian ingredients um, and it's things like curries in the UK involving a lot more meat than it is traditional um, yeah yeah no I'm Indian myself so I would say like I think the, the I think how like the British have sort of like adopted Indian cuisine here, I think is very different to kind of like what it is like in in India um so like I think a lot of the the Indian cuisine here is sort of like from North India but like South India as well has a massive massive um sort of like diverse cuisine element to it I don't know if any of you have been to Amadosa in Sali before no I haven't um it's sort of like a is that the one round the corner by um near Aldi it's like you know where University Superstore is yeah is it like next to Mr Egg no no so it's inside Genie Superstore it's like a hidden restaurant um don't think many people know about it but they do like amazing amazing Indian food and I know people always go to Dilshad's but Amadosa has like really authentic good Indian Indian food and my favorite thing there is yeah the dosa um which is worse named after but I don't know if you guys have tried dosa before but so (laughs) no what is it can you explain what it is it's sort of like um it's like a rice flour pancake sort of thing but it's stuffed with different fillings so you can get like potatoes onions um garlic sort of like loads of different toppings inside that you can like and choose choose from and it comes with like different chutneys and um like a samba which you like dunk your dosa into and it's yeah really really good and they're only like three pound four pounds in amadosa which is really filling as well so oh wow that's so cheap wow. as well. yeah yeah I'll maybe give that a go Selly hidden gem <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brilliant. Been a very fruitful podcast thus far. <laughs> learning, learning a lot. And obviously, some people go abroad. Um, well, by some people, I see the reputation is more British people go abroad just to drink, um, <laughs> but <laughs> not necessarily try the drink, um, but just literally to drink. Um, I. Um, but do you know? Um, I, I've, I don't know if I know anyone who goes abroad to actually like try drinks. Like I feel like a lot of people go abroad to try the food. Um, but is that is that a thing? I don't know if being the travel editor, you've come across that, Serena. Like, do people travel sort of to try cocktails or or or, or teas or anything? Like, I know, um, like Moroccan tea is really nice. Um, is that like is there is that a type of tourism? Um, I haven't really heard of it being a type of tourism, but I think it should be <laughs> a type of tourism. Um, yeah, no. I, whenever I, I think whenever I go abroad, I always try and find, like, especially I think South America has like really really good cocktails so whenever I've been in Mexico um Cuba oh I went to Cuba once the yeah no Cuba was amazing the rum there is is just amazing and the amount of different types of rum that they have there and yeah I would say Cuba is definitely somewhere to go um for drinks tourism if that becomes a thing yeah (laughs) I feel like people kind of give places outside the UK a rep of being just really strong with the alcohol um yeah. kind of going abroad and like thinking oh my gosh this is like however many shots I'm not used to this and then just end up getting intoxicated a lot faster than usual and that's quite Im- <clears throat> that's quite impressive because the UK has such a reputation for being massive drinkers that you'd think we'd be able to handle it but maybe not 
maybe it's that we drink the same amount of same quantity of drinks the same amount of drinks but with their units of measurements yeah and this uh catches catches british people unawares <laughs> <laughs> okay so i think it is time for a little game serena did you want to explain what idea you had yeah so i had sort of the idea of snog marion and void but with food and drink and yeah so i think you came up with the the names for it if you want to yeah so instead of snog marion void we have um scoff learn the recipe and spit into your handbag <laughs> and um, where, did, where did you come up with the inspiration for spitting your handbag <laughs> um well probably i think one of the best scenes of any film ever was in the mr bean film when he um eats the oysters and um hates them and then i think he spits them into the handbag of the woman next to him um <laughs> and it's just chaotic and brilliant and um, so that's that's the image i've got in my head and i want all of you to have in your head while we're playing this game <laughs> all right chloe do you want to go first okay um so um, your options are serena what are the options so we've got chips in a milkshake oysters and lasagna i've never actually tried chips in a milkshake i think i'm just a bit a bit terrified of it if i'm being honest <laughs> i've also never tried oysters um so on the premise that i'm a vegetarian i'm going to spit the oysters in my handbag um, <laughs> in, 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 your, in your own handbag that's that's kind uh, oh no um <laughs> well it could be someone else's but <laughs> um i will uh mm, i'll scoff the chips in a milkshake because then it's it's over and done with and i'll learn the recipe for a lasagna because i feel like that is that's something that i would actually want to make so there are my three options. I agree with that. Lasagna's for life. I think you want that. <laughs> you want that recipe. Okay, Serena, your turn. Round two. So, oh. scoff, spit in your handbag, or learn the recipe. Your choices are: you got pesto pasta, jacket potato, and third option is whole prawns. So pl- prawns where you got to kind of rip the heads and tails and, and legs off. Mm, well, I think I feel like this is quite easy for me. Mm. So I would. Mm, yeah spit spit the prawns um as chloe i'm, I'm vegetarian as well so i can't <laughs> eat prawns <laughs> quite an easy one um a jacket potato i feel like it's something that you just naturally sort of scoff anyway like yeah oh, i do love a good jacket potato mm-hmm. and then pesto pasta well i think i think everyone should learn my recipe um, <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so yeah um learn the recipe for pesto pasta yeah okay i would also agree with that one um sarah we've got a bit of a um a more controversial one so your three options for scoff learn the recipe or spit in someone else or your own handbag whatever you're feeling <laughs> I'm just um, spitting it in yours <laughs> um, coriander mm-hmm. brussels sprouts okay or risotto any kind of risotto okay well I'm in a good position that I think all three of these things I would definitely eat I know coriander causes a lot of controversy but I personally am a coriander lover I don't know about you two I don't know what it is about coriander what why don't it, people like it? it? It it's actually I think I mean don't quote me on this but scientifically proven <laughs> that some people have like such an adverse reaction to coriander that it actually tastes like soap to them. 
Oh yeah, I have heard people say that that they think it tastes like steak. I don't. I don't know if I've actually really tried coriander. You know. Well, I guess you'll have to find out and see what you're into. Yeah, I don't think I'd, I'd like eat coriander on the rocks. Like I just buy yeah. would have if it was in like a curry or something. I, you know, I wouldn't say no. Um, but equally, it wouldn't be my favorite. Okay, so I think I'm going to um, scoff some Brussels sprouts. I just think if they're cooked well, I think they can be nice. How how do you like cooking your Brussels sprouts? Um, I think um, if you cut them in half and fry them, that can be very I like, nice. I like but it's obviously more roasted. time consuming. Yeah. <laughs> roasted yeah roasted is also nice um uh obviously if they're just boiled i'd probably give them a miss especially if they're overboiled. but i think i think also i think this idea of hated brussels sprouts every year they're growing to be um sweeter and sweeter so i think there's this myth that everyone hates brussels sprouts that actually the brussels sprouts we eat now taste totally different to the brussels sprouts people were eating 30 years ago so oh, i think they are, try them then they're a lot more powerful <laughs> Yeah, so it's definitely worth giving them a go because they're made sweeter every year. As are many foods. Apparently apples are grown. Um, I think that's true. The apples are grown um, every year to be sweeter to the point where now they can't feed them to chimpanzees because it makes their teeth rot. So, oh, wow. Uh, so if you didn't like foods, it's, it is worth giving some a go. That is true with apples, though, actually, because I used to hate them. And like I, I, this year I just started loving them again. And I think they are a lot sweeter, actually. I, I cannot stand the texture of apples. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know what it is. Green apples, especially, it mm. sends a whole shiver through my body. I physically cannot eat green apples. Right, well, everyone, everyone, check your handbags. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to scoff Brussels sprouts. I'm going to definitely learn the recipe to risotto because I think that's an impressive thing to be able to cook, um, or cook it well at least. And I, I will be spitting the coriander out, unfortunately. <laughs> Yeah, it's not really a meal in itself, is it? No. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, okay. So yeah. the last one we're all gonna be a part of, um, which is also a bit more controversial. So this one is blue cheese, pickles, and beans on toast. Oh, this is really hard. Mm. I have to spit the blue. Oh, actually, I, I think I dislike pickles and blue cheese equally. Yeah, me too. Chloe, do you like either of them? I I don't think I've actually had blue cheese before. Um, but pickles, pickles I can deal with in a very small quantity, I think. If it's with something else, maybe. Okay. Um, should, we, should we learn the recipe for pickles? Because then I can learn the recipe but not actually have to eat them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I found a loophole there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Beans on toast, I personally think it's great. I also, the child in me also likes spaghetti hoops on toast. I think that's a close contender. Oh, I love spaghetti um, hoops on toast. Do, do all three of us like beans on toast? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let's yeah. scoff, scoff the beans. So do, you, do you put cheese on your beans on toast? I no. don't. Really? Yeah. I put, um, this might be strange, I don't really know, um, but my family and I always put cheese on top of the bread and then put the beans on so then the beans melt the cheese would recommend trying it out but you don't really you're not going to be the vibe that you're that that convinced (laughs) yeah I feel like there's a deafening silence (laughs) where's the cricket noise when you need it (laughs) um but I thought the idea was you did beans on toast then you grate a cheese on and then put it under the grill it's how I thought people did cheesy beans on toast or I I think I've seen people grate 
this might be a bit feral, but I think I've seen people yeah. grate the cheese into the pan of beans and stir it all around that way. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm not. I, I don't think I'm not. Listen, I'm not giving that out as advice. I'm just saying what I've witnessed. Yeah, um, I don't think I'd go that far. No. So, okay, your, yeah, okay, your cheese food sounds like a happy medium. Well, people can let us know what they think. I um I don't think I'll be trying it, but I... <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm actually not a big fan of cheese in general. It's okay if it's melted, so that maybe would be okay. But I'm, oh. I'm, I wouldn't I wouldn't eat I wouldn't just like oh, eat a no, cheese. I love cheese. I love cheese. Yeah, I, yeah, I love cheese. My my it was my birthday recently, and all all the gifts that I got, well, a lot of them were cheese related. <laughs> yeah, I got my 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 one of my friends. She got me like a cheese making kit. And it comes, so basically you can make like 10 different types of cheeses just from this kit. Um, like burrata, mozzarella. Oh, yeah. that'll be so fun. Wow. Yeah, I can't wait. What a great gift idea. Have you tried any of them yet? Or are you waiting? No, not yet. Yeah, essays I'm, are out? I'm, yeah, I'm waiting <laughs> final year is over. That's quite, that's quite a unique form of procrastination. Why are you behind? <laughs> <laughs> I'm making, making cheese. Yeah. <laughs> What? Are we all... You're not going to go for blue cheese, though, Serena. You're not going to fight for that one. No. So no, on the count of three, on. we're going to spit the blue cheese out. Yeah. Uh, sad times or happy times, but um. Oh well, that was um <laughs> not not as challenging as I thought it was going to be. I think. Um, um learned a lot. Learned um... a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, um, to round off, um, I suppose what are our food goals what's the type of food that you're actually dying to try but you haven't had the chance yet mm, I feel like I want to try like proper Italian cuisine um like obviously you can get Italian food anywhere but I, I do want to just go to Italy and have like really good pasta really good pizza mm-hmm. yeah yeah get it get it get it from the horse's mouth <laughs> that's not a nice question it's meant to be you <laughs> how, how about you Sarah um well I feel like um there's a world of Indian food awaiting me if only I get over my fact that I oh you steal mine you stole yours mine. yeah but the thing is that I keep trying spicy foods and it still makes me cry so I don't know I don't know if I'm ever going to overcome that enough to actually be able to enjoy a larger variety of the foods um so I think I would. I'm, I'm, I'll let you keep that one, and I'm going to go. <laughs> I'm going to go for um, more, maybe East Asian food. Mm. I um, I think that there's a lot to be explored there. I know it's quite it's quite a general, broad area, but um, um, you know, I that that that's what I'm going to go for. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Indian street food, especially in the UK, that's the only kind of street food that I've tried but the idea of actually being able to see it being cooked and trying it um is really inviting so I will stick with India and not be angry at Sarah for um, <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah well thank you very much for listening and obviously as always um you know if you want to continue this conversation off the podcast then you can contact any of us via our section facebook pages so it's red book food and drink or red book travel um and uh yeah we love hearing all your thoughts and opinions and we hope that um you enjoy playing your own games of learn the recipe scoff or spit on a handbag
Thank you for listening to this month's episode of the Red Brick Recap Podcast. I hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording and editing. If you would like to find out more about Redbrick as an organisation, you can follow us on all of our social media at Redbrick Paper or head on over to our website www.redbrick.me. Here you will have access to both instructions on how to join our society and also all of our digital content which is uploaded on a daily basis. Although it is the exam season, we as a committee are working very hard behind the scenes to keep Redbrick going and the next big event that we are planning is the Redbrick Awards. Our social secretary, Ella Kipling, will be releasing details on this very soon. So keep your eyes out in the Redbrick Hub to hear the latest updates and make sure you get your tickets as soon as they are on sale. In the meantime, bye for now and we will see you next month for our next episode, which will be a crossover between news and gaming. Bye!